Welcome to Arvo Live. Okay, I just hope that what I talk about tonight will be a blessing to you all. I'm going to talk about a Bible verse that came to my mind and then give like a quick story of how experience that I've had and how God moved in my life. And this was, ha and all this happened before I was even born again. I always believed in God, but this was before like I fully like surrendered to God. Proverbs 18, 16, uh, the King James Version says, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. So this verse tells me God has given me and all of you unique gifts to use for his glory. And we all have special gifts within us, so there's no need to wish you had somebody else's gift, somebody else's talent, and be envious of anybody else because what God has is for you. And then when God's hand is on it, it'll be great. And he will put you in right in the presence of the right people. That's why the Bible says God can open doors no man can shut. So you don't have to worry about doing your gifts and your talents just trust God so I'm gonna share a quick story uh, about me this happened I was living in New York at the time and I had just got out a couple years after I got out of fashion school so I got out of fashion design school I decided I didn't want to design but I enjoyed putting clothing together so this is a fashion-based story <laughs> <laughs> so I moved to New York um, from Chicago because I was not finding anything in Chicago. So I moved to New York and I, I just started working at a clothing store because I really needed a job because I moved there with no job. And at this clothing store, it was on 34th Street, very busy across from the Empire State Building. So it's like Black Friday busy like every day. And I'm like, these people, I mean, they shop like shop hard all the time. It was like a zoo in there every day. So I really wanted to be a visual merchandiser. So if you don't know what that is, visual merchandisers, if a store has a team, they are responsible for what the store looks like. And it's not just clothing, it could be furniture. So when you go in a store and see the mannequins, um, the signage in the window, uh, visual merchandisers do that. They put the looks together. If there's a sale, they make sure everything's priced properly and the sales section is created, which is a lot. It's a lot of physical work. It can be very, very, very stressful. So I had an opportunity to be a visual merchandiser. And when I started training for this position, I worked alongside this young lady. Me and her got along very well. She was in the position for about a couple years and she was really good. So I worked alongside her. It was very hard trying to teach some, it's kind of hard to try to teach somebody how to do this type of work. And I used to get frustrated um, when in the beginning and stressful and I would cry. And I'm like, I don't think I'm ever gonna get this. So I started training with her. Me and her got along well, but her and my store manager didn't get along. And a couple months after I was in that position, she got fired. So another young lady came to this store. She was transferred from another store. And my store manager said, oh, we're going to bring her in. She's going to work with you and you guys can work together and learn how to merchandise. And I was excited at first because I thought, oh, wow, she's coming in. I work with her, she's so cool. 
Well, when she came in, I quickly learned that me and her did not work well together at all. She was the type of person that she wanted everything done her way. And we were both training. We started training at the same time. And I'm very, sometimes with me, I can be nice, but some, in, in, I think in this area, I'm very like specific about what I want. And so when me and her would go back and forth, she would kind of, she's the type of person, she would go back and forth with you until you, she gets her way. And then it would make me upset and I was holding on to this anger. So I even, I talked to her about it. I talked to my store manager about it. And she, my store manager, she just told me, well, one thing she told me was I needed to get a backbone. So when she told me that, I thought, okay, so you're not gonna help me. I'm gonna have to, have to handle this situation myself. So one Saturday morning, and I'm not a morning person either. So this was an early Saturday morning. And back then I used to drink iced coffee. So I was the type that, oh, I can't, I can't function unless I have my coffee. So I, you know, I went to my, the bodega and had my coffee and bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. And then I came in and we were putting up spring collection. And it's a lot of work putting all, bringing all these clothes are going up and down the stairs. So we were working together and we decided to get this job done on Saturday morning. You take this side and I'll take this side and we just going to get it done, which I like because I didn't have to work alongside of her. So we came in and we started working. We worked all morning. So then it was about one o'clock. So now I'm kind of hangry because <laughs> now I done burned off the coffee and the egg sandwich. So now I'm real hungry. and. We're about to wrap up and go to lunch, and then she decides to come to my area and pick up my planogram, which is like a little picture of a guy to show you what goes in, like if I had a collection called, I don't know, um, girly girl, it'll say, oh, put pink dresses and bows, and it'll give pictures of clothing in this section to give you the concept of how it's supposed to look. So she went through my planogram and then she starts critiquing and telling me what was wrong with my section. Yeah, so by this time, so this has been built up. This has been maybe like a month and a half of me building up. Her annoyance has built up and she's going back and forth with me and I'm standing there and I'm like, you know, and I'm thinking and she's talking and this is what I was thinking in my head because we were in the front of the store and she was talking and behind her was the window to the outside. So I'm just standing there thinking, she's talking and I'm just in my head thinking, if, the, if she does not shut up right now, I'm gonna throw her through this window. She will, in Jesus name, she was gonna be right out on 34th Street. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm thinking this in my head. <laughs> so could you imagine me doing that? <laughs> so we're going back, so I said, if it was over a jacket, I remember now, it was a jacket. She's like, this jacket doesn't go here because this collection is, I said, well, this jacket is staying in this wall. And she kept shaking her head, no, 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 no. And, I, and you know, when you talk to somebody and they're just like, no matter what you say, they just keep shaking their head. So now I'm like, blood is boiling. So I'm like, okay, you're making me mad. And then she's like, well, I'm not trying to make you mad. And I just yelled at her. I said, not make me mad. And I, I mean, it was loud. Like the store was open and customers was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, what is that? So I 
stormed off the sales floor and I heard her say, Erica, come back here. We need to talk about this. And I just went to the basement because if I didn't, you know, she's going to go through the window. <laughs> so I go downstairs. So I'm mad. It's so funny now, but at that time I was fuming mad. Mad makes me think of Proverbs 29. 11 in the Good News translation says, stupid people express their anger openly, but sensible people are patient and hold it back. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and I was looking at that, I was like, well, that made it plain. So I went downstairs in the stock room and it was a Jamaican lady that worked there and she was Christian and she saw me and she said, oh no, Erica, don't cry, what's wrong? And so I don't even think she asked me what's wrong. She took me in the bathroom and she said, can I pray for you? And I'm crying. I'm like, yeah. And so she, she prayed for like five minutes, it seemed like. But at the time, it was like, back then, I'm like, is she going to ever stop praying? But she was really praying. She's like, uh, she's like, Holy Spirit, I pray you come down on this woman of God right now in Jesus' name. Like she was going in in this bathroom. Whatever, and she didn't even really know the story. Whatever Erica is dealing with, I pray the hand of God is falling on her right now in Jesus' name. And she's praying for me. So she was really sowing seed. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, is she ever going to stop praying? You know, and but it helped. But then I, I guess I had the fear of God because I would have never interrupted her. I let her finish. And then when she was done, I said, thank you. And I and I calmed down. I was still upset, but I calmed down. And of course, she was waiting for me to come back on the sales floor. So I go back up. You know, we had this moment with the manager got involved. And the way I acted was very little girl. And so she huddled us together in a circle and she gave the speech of, you know, we're a team, we're here to work together. You can't act like that on the sales floor. And then I stood there with my arms folded, rolling my eyes. It's like, okay, whatever. So you guys go to lunch and come back and finish up this job. So that's what I did. So I went to lunch. I thank God that was before like Instagram and all of that because somebody would have recorded that. Facebook was around because the young man that helped us, he did make a post and tag me in it and told the other young lady that got fired that I went off on the new merchandiser at the store. So that happened, but there was no film, thank God. So what happened after that was I ended up coming back to work a couple days later and met with the store manager. And so I ended up getting demoted because of that. Now, it was a blessing because I could have gotten fired. Like she, she told me, she said, I'm not going to fire you because I like you, which at the time I was mad. I was like, well, I don't like her now, but she could have fired me for that. And so I got demoted and that was and I started crying because that was a hard thing to do because people I was over, I was now under. So I had to come to work and not and see, first of all, see somebody that I didn't like at the time doing what I wanted to do. And then I mean, and then not only that, whenever they needed help, they would pull me to help her. And then that would make me upset, too. So at this time, you know, I was just constantly frustrated and being led by my emotions and anger. And I was just so frustrated and I would come home and cry. And it, it really humbled me, though, 
because it was really hard to come to work every day because I couldn't quit because I lived in New York by myself to come to work every day and watch them do what I love doing. And I'm just like, I just want to do this so bad, but now I'm a sales associate again. And so this was maybe a almost maybe a two months period, but during that time, it seemed like forever. Because when you go through it, it's like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Like, I just dread coming to work every day. I would even fill out applications. I went on interviews, nobody would hire me. And I got to a point where I just started asking God and praying like, Lord, please just give me another job to get me out of this store. And I would not get another job. Like, no one would hire me. I mean, one lady almost hired me, and then she hired somebody else. And I thought, ooh, I got this. I got my way out. And I, I would have took anything, even if it wasn't in the fashion industry. I just needed to get out of that store. That's how I felt, because I didn't like the store manager. I didn't like the young lady. I just would see her every day, and it just would burn me up inside. And it, I was more focused on that than my gift and me wanting to do the merchandising. So one day, I remember I came home and I was crying and I was talking to my mother. And I can't remember exactly what she said, but she said something that kind of clicked. It was something along the lines, I don't know if it was true or not, but she was saying that they were possibly, they were giving me a hard time because they didn't want me there. She said, they want you to quit. That's what they want you to do. And when I heard that, I thought, Oh no, I'm not going to quit for nobody. I'm going to go here and I'm going to be the best sales associate in this store. So I started focusing more on then, but me, I could go from one extreme to the other. So I started focusing on the task. I said, even if I'm a sales associate, I'm going to be the best sales associate. And so there was a shift. Even my store manager, she told me, she said, you know more about fashion than anyone here. But at the time I still was upset with her. I think she kind of knew it because I would always like run away from her. And then after I had that mindset, I just started to feel more peace. And I thought, you know, if I have to spend the rest of my time working here in this position, I'm okay with that. If I have to come to work every day and see my do the job I want to do, it's okay because eventually I'm going, if I'm not going to have this position here, I'm going to go somewhere else. And so I found peace with that. Now, it would look differently today. Well, first of all, I wouldn't have yelled. And I told myself I will never act like that again at work, and I never have. But I would have apologized to her. But I wouldn't have went to work. But at the time, I used to ignore her. I worked with her. She needed me to do something, I'd do it. I didn't talk to her, but I did it. So as soon as I got this, as soon as I got to this place, It was maybe like two weeks later. I remember I came to work, and as soon as I got on the sales floor, my store manager, her name was Autumn, and the young lady said, Autumn's leaving. And I said, Autumn's leaving? She's like, yeah, she's going to the Fifth Avenue store. And I thought, really? Because I had an off day on Monday. So what happened was the corporate office, um, the big bosses, Store man at the time, store managers had Sundays off. So the corporate office, they decided that store managers must work one Sunday a month. And then the store manager on Fifth Avenue said, no, and I'm quitting. Like, she just quit. That was her last day that Monday. And so the store manager at my store got promoted, and so she transferred to that store. 
So, you know, I was happy about that. But at the time, I was like, well, I just got to a place where I was okay working with her. Like, I like her again and everything. But she ended up transferring. So then this other manager came in. Okay, these two managers, this manager, her name was Eva. She is the opposite of Autumn. So whoever worked well with Autumn did not work well with Eva. Me and Eva worked well just fine. She was the one that actually hired me. And so what happened, maybe not even a month, the young lady, Milani, did not work well with Eva. And she and Eva had her transferred to another store. I came in to work another day and I heard her saying she was transferring to another store. And I thought, oh, she leaving too. Yeah, the store manager got her transferred out of there because she didn't work well with her. So both of these people are gone. As soon as I was like comfortable with working with them. Okay, so after that, then a couple of months after that, I ended up getting promoted. And I ended up, and it worked out better because I was in a position it's called a product leader. It's kind of like an assistant to a visual merchandiser. So when they merchandise, I was in charge of making, ma making sure it was maintained. So like, oh, if this jacket sold out, make sure if there's any in the stock room, it needs to be on the sales floor or find something similar. And that helped me understand merchandising. So that's how I learned how to merchandise. And so, and, and I, I'm just amazed at how long, how far I've come because I ended up moving here and then I was a merchandiser here. Um, I ended up, I traveled merchandising for dealers, Macy's, Kohl's, and uh, like Forever 21. Then I ended up being a manager and then the last job I had, I was doing floor plans for people. So I have mastered like visual merchandising. So I really enjoy doing it. I don't do it now, but whenever I can, even when I do displays, even at my church, I do it like, I think like a merchandiser. So, I, so the lessons I learned from that was not taking things personal at work because even if someone had a problem with me at the job, not a problem with me, but when I was learning, like that young lady, if she talked about correcting something I did, I took it personal as an attack on me. And I had to learn not to do that, not to be led by my feelings and emotions. Just because I'm upset, that doesn't give me a right to yell and want to throw somebody through a window. And you know, that's not nice. And then I, I thank God I was smart because what if I would have did that? She would have hurt herself. She could have hurt herself. And then I would have had a record. That wouldn't have been cool. So that would have been a whole nother thing I would have had to deal with. So, and I could have did it because I was bigger than her. <laughs> so, yes, learning. I could have done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when I got demoted, the first thing I thought was how much I really wanted that position. So I knew then that I really wanted it. And so I have to believe in myself. Like even now I'm more interested in designing. So I just say that to encourage, be encouraging because I didn't struggle with substance abuse, but it was like anger and my feelings and emotions. And because of that, I felt, I thought it set me back from achieving my dreams. I mean, that's like a part, like it was work, but I have other dreams, but I thought it was gonna set me back because of how I acted. So, 
you can still achieve whatever goals you have, even if it was even if it wasn't anger and it was also it could be substance abuse or just anything that you struggle with, any type of addiction. But it is possible to, and then with your gifts making room for you and God giving you your unique gifts, you don't have to worry about competition or feel like, well, I don't know if I'm too old for this or because I spent these years struggling with this addiction, can I get back into it? No, that gift is still on the inside of you because it says so in the Bible. God's gifts will make room for you. So you can still do anything God has called you to do. Thank you all, and I pray that this helped you. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com, or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.